We are drinking tequila and singing in the rain. The Chicago Bears beat the San Francisco 49ers 19-10 to in a wet, damp, monsoon soldier field. What was a very awful, dreadful, horrible first half end up being a second half of dreams for Chicago Bears fans all over the world. Welcome to this edition of the Sports Cubicle Week 1 postgame for your Chicago Bears here on the Sports Cubicle on WCPT 820 AM. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari will join us later on the show. I'm your host, Mike Mercado. Thank you so much for making us a part of your weekend. Justin Fields, 8 for 17, 121 yards, an interception, and two huge touchdowns Khalil Herbert rushes one in 45 yards for Khalil Justin Fields adds 28 rushing yards along with Montgomery's 26 a touchdown cast by Pettis and Saints Brown and the defense making it a nightmare for Kyle Shanahan Trey Lance and the bunch marvelous one this was a fascinating game this was a frustrating game and then this was a game that none of us will ever forget something that we will not be getting 10 years from now when the Bears are playing in Arlington Heights but the fact that they came away with a W the fact that we saw growth and adjustments and play calls and play action and rollouts and smart defense and not dumb penalties marvelous one what did you think about this week one impressive upset win for the Chicago Bears at the beginning, it looked like uh, the same old Bears. <laughs> At the very beginning, they, you know, they, they, they the, the uh, Fields got a sack in the first uh, session, first set of downs, and and the, and the blocking wasn't that great, but things improved. Uh, after, and I, I really thought they'd be able to take advantage of the inexperience of the San Francisco quarterback. I mean, I was surprised in a way that they almost didn't throw Garoppolo in there because Lance was struggling so much in the second half. He was six, 13 to 28 with 164, which isn't too bad, but it was. Really, he's almost like a rookie. I mean, he played some, and he, and he, and he does have the uh, you know the experience of being a winner at North Dakota State, but I thought that that was a key. In terms of the running game, I was a little disappointed. It didn't look like they could run at all, but Fields used his feet, and then he really opened up the, 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 the offense because the defense now had to watch for after the Pettis pass where he goes to the left, throws to the right. I think that opened things up, actually, the passing game, because the running game was completely inefficient, and um, I was glad to see that uh, there was some creative play calling using his feet, which is which is a big thing, I thought, for the Bears. And and like you said, I mean, he, he ended up having a pretty good game, particularly in the second half. The first half was a little disappointing, but like you say, he, he did, uh, you know, eventually get it going for, for 121 yards, passing 8 of 17, two TDs and an interception. And on, on the surface, that doesn't look that great stat-wise, but in the second half was when he really uh, performed quite well. And, uh, uh, you know, Herbert, was a big key because it looked like Montgomery was strong, but he wasn't able to, to get going. And that field conditions, that turf, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it looked like uh, they're playing in the, in the, in the Oki Finoki swamp or something. <laughs> it was crazy, but great win. I mean, I, 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 as I said before the season, they need to get off to a good start because, you know, they have, they, they go to the house of Rogers next week. And uh, I wanted to see them be one and zero going in there that's a big thing and I, I like the fact that they apparently made some adjustments at halftime yeah. instead of in previous years looking at the film and trying to make adjustments for the next game they have there were clearly some adjustments made at halftime and that was great to see i like some creativity from the play calling i think the offensive coordinator did a good job good coaching and i, I thought that the overall 
it, it was a, you know, particularly the second half was really a, a good thing to see. I think a lot of the things that we thought going into this game came to fruition. I actually picked the Bears in my in my confidence poll that you get on our Twitter. I picked the Bears in this game. I think a lot of it had to do with Trey Lance being inexperienced. Justin Fields played a lot of more ball than him last year. They didn't have George Kittle. They ended up losing Elijah Mitchell in the middle of this game. The forecast was a big thing. But I, I think what we saw was what we've been talking about. Matt Eberflus coming in and installing the philosophy for the defense. He doesn't need to be calling every play, but that defense got a ratings boost for all you Madding fans for having this coach. Their secondary was making plays. Their front end was dominating at points, getting to Trey Lance, and the weather had a lot to do with that, but they took advantage of that situation. They were able to get the ball. Trey Lance was trying to give it to you, and when they finally got their hands on it, they took advantage of that, and we talk about the adjustments. It was the most frustrating thing last year with the Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace era. How many times did we see what the Bears had to do to adjust to the second half, and they refused to do it? That was not the case this time, and I think what I saw from Justin in this game, we don't know where the trajectory is going to end for him. But in this game, in a start in the NFL against a team that everybody was picking and a team that a lot of people have going to the Super Bowl, he made special plays. He made plays that you see other quarterbacks around the league that you're not used to seeing here in Chicago make. Being able to roll out, extend the play, let his receivers get open, and then hit a dart down the field. How many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers do that? Patrick Mahomes do that. Justin Herberts, Josh Allen, and the Bears at least seem like they might have a guy talented enough to do that, to recognize it. And that's something that we saw in this game if you were watching the early games with Mitchell Trubisky against Cincinnati. Mitchell doesn't always see everything. He doesn't have that instinct. He's a good quarterback. He's an athletic dude. But the X factor, those dudes that can do that are special. And I saw some of it from Trey Lance hitting really good receivers in San Francisco. But you cannot tell me that the receiving core for the Bears matches up to what San Francisco allows. And somehow Justin Fields found a way to make plays when it matters the most. You know, we could talk about this being a complete team win, except for special teams when it comes to Santos, which who knows when this is going to bite the Bears in the butt because it will eventually this season not be able to hit a field goal. But they have to take advantage of it, and they have a quarterback who is able to do that. Marvelous, I'm going to run down some stats for you and tell me what anything kind of pops to mind. First of all, we saw throughout this game. Yeah, go ahead. Quickly, talk about Santos. He missed two extra points, and I thought that was going to cost them. Mm -hmm. And Maybe it was the weather or whatever, so I'll give Santos a, a, a pass on that, but but uh, didn't hurt Robbie Gold. <laughs> yeah, and that's my, and that's the thing, right? Like you're yeah. watching this, and let's we know what the margin of error. We've been talking about that. This is a professional football team, this yeah. Bears team, actually. That they're yeah. going to be in a lot of games, and there's going to be seven point games, three point games, four point yeah. games. And if you're missing extra points, yeah. you're shooting yourself in the foot. And yeah. and this week, week one, we always know that there's going to be some weird anomalies in week one, week two. There was a lot of missed kicks. And I know that that's a theme in the NFL, but this is something the Bears haven't been able to get over since Cody Parkey. Might have cost them a few playoff wins. Sure. So I think that's something we need to keep our eyes on. Some yeah. other things I had my eyes on, though, Marvelous, one were some yeah. of just these team stats. San Francisco still had 331 total yards, 155 passing, 176 rushing to the Bears, 204 total yards, 105 passing, 99 rushing. But I, what I saw was the big stat for me. 12 for 99. That's 12 penalties for 99 yards for San Francisco compared to the Bears' three penalties 
for 24 yards. That completely changes an entire game. When you're sitting there and you're wondering, wait a minute, my team isn't making the dumb mistake. They're taking advantage of the dumb mistake. When you saw that they missed the extra point, but that San Francisco constantly was doing something dumb, did you think the Bears actually had the talents or the coaching staff to take advantage of that? Was that something you had your eyes on throughout this entire game? Sure. And I, and I learned something I'd never seen before in the first half when the Bears were in field goal position. They wiped off the ball and they got a penalty for wiping off the ball and took them out of field goal position. Did you see that one? Yeah, how crazy <laughs> is that? Like, I learned something new in the NFL rule we never heard before. But that yeah. that's a moment, right, where yeah. it's a learning thing for a new team. That can cost yeah. you a game. Right. But all in all, you're, you're right. I mean, it, it, I thought that that was the coaching staff did adjust on the fly a lot better than the previous uh, regime, definitely. And uh, I thought that they did make some adjustments in the offense for sure. And then the defense picked it up. I mean, Smith, after all, he had uh, a sack and a half and he, and he had seven tackles and two assists. So he was his usual self. So he didn't, he didn't need any uh, preseason, any stinking preseason. <laughs> Eddie Jackson. Let's talk about that for oh, yeah. a second too, because if Eddie Jackson all of a sudden is doing what he did a few years ago and he's catching the ball, yeah. he's taking it. This Bears defense can be good simply because of philosophy and who they brought in. And this is something that I've understood a little bit of what they were doing with Matt Eberflus. Again, this is week one, overreaction. We get it. We, this is the fun of it. But when you brought in Matt Eberflus, it was to establish the culture of a guy who's going to tell you how to run a defense properly, how to make sure that you got the right type of dudes out there. And I think that's what you saw, right? Roquan, we know, is special. We know Robert Quinn is good. The question was the secondary, a bunch of young kids. But if you got a coach out there that knows how to scout defense mm -hmm. and knows how to install that with his coaching staff, and mm -hmm. if, if Getsy is out there slinging the ball like this, there is an upside to it. And I do think that a lot of it comes down to establish it now. We mm -hmm. saw that we are now seeing it. It's no longer a fluke. We know that your quarterback has the talent. What happens if they are able with $100 million next year, able to bring in a top-tier wide receiver? What if we find out that Pringle and Darnell Mooney, who weren't really a part of this offensive onslaught, are good? Where was Cole Komet in this game? See, there's still a lot of things we did not see because right. of the weather. Komet didn't, yeah, didn't have a single reception, and uh, Pringle had one, <laughs> and Mooney had one. Exactly. So it was the passing game. Uh, they, the, the people that scored the touchdowns, St. Brown and Pettis, are, are not the guys that you would expect. So that's, that's encouraging, too. And if you find something like a diamond in the rough in St. Brown because he wasn't a, there was just such a log jam in Green Bay. And we know that family's just genetic freaks. That's yeah. that, that is what your front office is supposed to do. Find the guys that couldn't get playing time in other organizations and you make them your stars. You draft well. And I think the Bears are putting themselves in a position. They're probably still only going to win six games, seven games. This was one of those games where if they were able to win it, it would up their win total a, a big significance because of how much of a win this was. But let's let's talk a little bit about this win because of the weather. And, you know, we've been talking about new Soldier Field or new Bear Stadium or Arlington Heights Cathedral, whatever you want to call it. But the weather had something to do with this game. Both teams had to play in it. Both teams have similar type quarterbacks. Both teams want to run the ball. Both teams have defenses that try to get to their quarterback. But I saw the Bears make the adjustments in this game. What did you think? How much of this win are you going to put on a good performance from the defense, a good performance in the second half from the coaching staff and offense? Or is it that San Francisco played dumb football and let the weather determine this game for them? 
Yeah. Uh, I was looking at third down efficiency. Uh, overall, the Bears are only five of 14, whereas uh, San Francisco is eight of 17. And I, I really thought that, that that could be a factor because they seem the Bears seem to be in a lot of third down situations in the past. And they're really only 14 isn't too bad. And uh, so in that regard, there was I, I thought there was some positives. But all in all, um, I thought that, that that this game, considering San Francisco was a, a Final Four team in the NFL Super Bowl hunt last year, that that this would be uh, a challenge. Samuel is a very tough tough guy to to deal with, and uh, they they came out on top. And the second half was outstanding. I mean, if you watched the first half only, you would have said, if you turned it off, you would have said, it looks like it looks hopeless. <laughs> it looks like they're inept and. And the defense is going to be good, but it's not going to be enough. It's going to be like end up 10 to three or something, you know. So uh, it, it was very encouraging that they made adjustments. And then the second half, they used uh, Fields' feet to some degree to open things up and to give the secondary some things to think about. So I'm very excited from what we've seen. And I'm even more excited that there's stuff for them to correct. Sure. That there's room for them to grow. And that this team, whatever the next playoff Bears team is, whether it's six months away or if it's two years away, the foundation is being built because I'm watching a lot of games on my red zone today. And I'm, as we're recording this, breaking the fourth wall, there's a lot more games to go on before you hear this Sunday night. The Bears played pretty dang good football if you look around the league. And I'll tell you this much. I'm not worried about the quarterback position anymore. There's room to be grown, and there's going to be growing pains. We saw in this game. But I also saw what's going on in New Orleans, in Atlanta, in Jacksonville, in a lot of these different places, in New York. And I saw a coaching staff that had their team ready to play, not making bad mistakes, a quarterback who kept his head on, never got flustered. I also want to point this out about Justin Fields and the league. He's starting to get calls. Last season, how many times did we come on this show complaining like they're going to let this kid get killed if the officiating doesn't get better? And finally, we saw it in this game. They put a little respect in his name. The first, the first penalty, the guy was sliding in the water, and he, they barely touched him. I, I thought that was really unbelievable. I mean, it looked maybe from behind, it looked like looked different. But when you mm -hmm. look at it on the replay, he, he completely, he maybe touched his knee, you know, very briefly. So that was crazy. But you know, sometimes, as I've said before, maybe it's the surrounding cast that makes the quarterback look good. Mitch Trubisky, 21 for 38 today, 194 and a touchdown. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> you know, right? What, what happened to Deontay yeah. Johnson, yeah. Najee Harris, Chase right, Claypool, right. Pickens, right. like all of a right, sudden right. what that would do for a man. <laughs> right, exactly. My and also Mike Tomlin as your head coach. That'll right. help out just a tad bit too. And like yeah. that's, that's the thing too. I don't like – Matt Nagy seemed like a nice enough guy. Same thing with Ryan Pace, and they have jobs in the NFL, so they're not dumb. Yeah. But you just see how it takes a special – and again, this is only one game – but we're seeing the trends. We're seeing the, the it's easy to try to be the smartest person in the room, right? Because you could just mm. think outside the box for everything and come up with wacky ideas. But it's another thing when you do the fundamentals correctly. And that's what this coaching staff has done. And we saw it throughout the preseason. Think about this. Think about how far this Bears team has come. We don't know what the next 17 weeks are. But week one in Chicago, beating the 49ers after everything that happened with Roquan Smith, everything that happened with Tavon Jenkins, Everything that happened from the free agency guys that weren't able to come in and all the weirdness with Ryan uh, Poles. Mm -hmm. This team came out, played a dog crap first half, <laughs> and absolutely shined in the second. Mm -hmm. Marvelous, that turnaround, that journey, did you think 
even if they won today, like how we got from the beginning of this, this regime to this point and now the future moving forward, what are just kind of your final thoughts as we put away week one, a nice win, the fandom gets to enjoy it for a few days. We know what's coming across the barrel, but from where they started to where they are now, you're kind of your final thoughts of a really, really well needed, much needed week one win for the Chicago Bears. It was very good. And now I'm hoping, you know, five of the next six weeks they play outdoors. So I'm hoping for rain every week. I think that's the, <laughs> that's the secret sauce for them. But, uh, uh, you know, so it's hard to really judge overall. Uh, again, you know, on a, on a dry field, you know, they, they, their game plan would be a little bit different, I think. And there'd be more running, I think, too, because the running game didn't work well for either side. So that would the running game would open up things in the passing game normally, but they were able to be creative enough to, to win the game basically in the second half by making the necessary adjustments. I, I was surprised San Francisco didn't appear to make many adjustments themselves because they, they seemed to keep doing what they were doing, but the Bears figured out how to stop it, it appeared. And so that was good. Um, the defense stepped up and, and the offense was able to, to score enough points. I mean, 19 should have had 21, but <laughs> yeah. that, that, that was, that, that's the story of the game. The second half was the key and, uh, and fields looked like he's going to be, you know, around here for a while, hopefully, and uh, improve every time. You know, and it was a fun gimmick to see the rain, to see them sliding. It's a lot better because they won yeah. and it feels good. But, like, I'm okay if I never see Justin Fields playing this type of game again. <laughs> I'm 100% okay if this is the last time. Well, we know it's the last time. But the yeah. last time the Chicago play- Bears play in a horrible weather game like this. Yeah. Because well. I've also seen in the NFL, I want to see these dudes play on the best conditions. <laughs> I want to see the best football. And while it's fun for weekend warriors like us to play mm-hmm. the Turkey Bowl, and it's awesome to see college players and high school players do it, I don't need to see these multi-million dollar studs going out there and messing themselves up like we saw Elijah Mitchell do. And there were so many times where we saw that Bosa kid coming in and we're like, oh, if he doesn't kill Justin, the water is going to. They got away with it. So I'm just begging Bears fans, keep the good juju going, that this mm-hmm. stadium gets built fast and that there's no leakage so that we don't have to worry about seeing the Bears play in a monsoon. But I mean, before we move on to... This is the monsoon game, right? Like, this is one of those games that goes down in Bears lore forever, right? Sure. So, Absolutely. I look. mean, the, next week they go to the frozen tundra in September. <laughs> so that's a good thing, too, that they're not going to the frozen tundra in December. <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, this week in Chicago in September, it was 60 degrees and 18 inches of rain. Next week in Green Bay, Wisconsin, 77 <laughs> in bright skies. Just wait yeah. on a Sunday night. But the Bears beat the San Francisco 49ers 19 to 10. Justin Fields shining in the second half. The defense playing strong. A lot of goal line stops, a lot of red zone stops, and a lot of uh, turnover when they needed it most. But they can't rest on their laurels, marvelous one. Because while we get to enjoy it for a few days, while they get to enjoy it for a few days, we know who's coming into the picture next week. So why don't we preview for a few minutes Bears versus Packers. Before we get to Lambeau Field, make sure you're following us on Twitter at SportsCubicle TV. Let us know what you think about the 1910 Bears win over the 49ers in a wet Soldier Field in Chicago. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marber. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado. Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields. So as we are speaking, again, breaking the fourth wall, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are taking on Kirk Cousin and the Minnesota Vikings. No Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, in Vegas now. Marvelous. You see this game. 
we know there's overreaction Monday going to be this week, but it's going to be an uphill battle for the Chicago Bears next week, right? Well, I mean, psychologically, yes. I mean, in terms of talent, they probably have more talent, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because uh, now we have the momentum <laughs> of a win. And, and who knows, Minnesota is at home. They may knock off Green Bay. I mean, it's hard to – it's really – Green Bay is a hard team to judge too because Rodgers is so great. He carries them on their shoulders, and uh, he seems to just have a will to win. So um, that's, that's the intangible factor. If you had to take a guess next week when <laughs> we're getting to this game, Sunday night football, we've seen all of the other teams play. What is the scenario that the Bears win this game? Is it going to have to be an ugly game like this? Is it going to have to be a defensive stop, stoppage of Aaron Rodgers we've never seen before? Is Justin Fields going to have to be special? Like, what is it going to take for the Bears, this Bears team that you see seen play San Francisco, go up to Lambeau Field and win? What are the, the tangibles, the things that they're going to need to execute to win that game? I think that they're going to have to have a good offensive line. The line play is going to be key. Who wins the line of scrimmage? Because they need to put pressure on the quarterback on the defensive side, and they need to uh, open up holes for a running game to make it a balanced attack for for the you know for Montgomery and Herbert. So that would be the key. I think the whole thing is going to be won at the line of scrimmage uh, next week, it, just because uh, you can't give Rodgers any time. I mean, that's that's a given, and they have to de- develop a running game next week definitely to. Control, you know, obviously you could say they want to control the clock and have Rodgers not have the ball that much. That's that's what I'm talking about. So that would be the key, in my opinion. What do you think when we come in next week, are we going to be surprised yeah. about when it comes to the way that they went at Aaron Rodgers? Are they going to play a lot of zone? Are they going to pressure him? Are they going to what? Are, what What do you think Matt Eberflus is going to have in in store for Aaron Rodgers? We have to see how this new Green Bay Packers team looks, but it, to me, it just seems like they're going to try to put pressure on him with the front four. Maybe this guy's a corner every once in a while or the safety. But it looks to me like they're going to make – they're going to just try to get to Aaron Rodgers. And if somebody else beats him, somebody else beats them. Yeah. Well, in, in Indianapolis, Iberflus used zone a lot, except on third down where we would use man-to-man. And I saw a little bit of that today. It was hard to really see what was going on because everybody was <laughs> flying around. But, but that, that's his, 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 that's his, uh, what he's done in the past. So – if he if he does that again next week, then um, you know Green Bay will try to adjust accordingly. But uh, I think that they can the, the secondary. Uh, you know that was Jackson's first interception since the final game of 2019, for God's sake. So they need to, <laughs> they need to have some turnovers. I like that the other you know, turnover where they punched the ball out when when San Francisco was in the red zone. That was yeah. kind of good at the beginning of the game too. So the turnovers they need to force some turnovers too, and they need to control the clock. So I think those are the keys and. And, uh, and I think they're capable of doing it based on what I saw today. So I don't think they'll be blown out exactly. But uh, again, if they can do what I said and not have Rodgers have his way and, and, and have as much time as he needs, both in terms of passing the ball, in terms of the clock control, that would be very helpful <laughs> next week, I think. It's going to be. It's it's going to be an interesting test for this new Bears team because it comes so early in the season, and the next time we see Green Bay is so deep into the into this year, it's going to be at Soldier Field. Who knows how much maturing or regression or degression or whatever the, the case may be for this Bears team? But right now, I think it's a test for them. 
I think I think Justin Fields needs to go to Green Bay and needs to feel that crowd. He needs to feel that pressure. He needs to see Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers. Because mm-hmm. at one point, you want Justin Fields to be that for what the Packers are. Whereas, like, oh, they're playing Fields. It doesn't matter. And I, I think this is the thing I want to see the most, marvelous one. Yeah. The Bears are going to be underdogs against Green Bay. They're probably going to lose to the Packers. But you know what I want the feeling of? The Bears have a quarterback that keep them in a the game. Mm-hmm. They may not lead. They, they may never take the lead, but every single time he touches the ball, you're sitting there as a Bears fan saying, oh, they could come back or, oh, they could take the lead or they can tie this because it's yeah. starting to feel that way, that every time Justin has the ball, he can do something special. Yeah. And when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, you, Josh Allen, you got to have a little special in you. And if Justin Fields is able to keep that going, if his receiving core is able to get healthy, you're able to get Harry back, give him weapons, add in Cole Komet, let mm-hmm. a David Montgomery be able to have a typical Montgomery game. As long as you're not letting Aaron Rodgers surgically dismantle you, just he's doing Aaron Rodgers things He's because you're never going to fully stop him. Mm-hmm. If you're in the game, you're going to feel good as a Bears fan. And Marvelous One, this is the one I keep harping on. This, Bear, this Bears-Packers game is going to be the microcosm or the, macro, the macrocosm of what I want to see from the season. Win or yeah. lose, keep it close, yeah. no dumb penalties, make sure you get the play out in time, keep Justin healthy, and Justin needs to look good. And we saw all of that in this game. And I need to see that again next week. Oh, you I know what happened? That for week yeah, three. You're absolutely correct. In a, in a game that was meaningless for the Bears last December, they actually had a shootout there, if you recall. It ended up 45 to 30 for Green Bay. The Bears were had 27 to 21 at the half. <laughs> so I actually predicted an offensive game <laughs> when we were going into that week. And I would have thought the same coming up, but but it was, you know, it was 45 to 30 in Green Bay last December. So there may be more points than we think this this coming week. So uh, I think it, it could be more of an offensive show like it was back in December. So that's something to think about too, that, uh, you know, we might have to keep up with them and have a track meet, but hopefully <laughs> it won't, it won't be like that, but uh, you never know. I think it, 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 what I would like to see in that scenario then is I want to see this Bears team be able to be that. It, let's say this identity of this Bears team is they're going to move the pockets. They're going to try to run. They're going to be able to hit big plays when they can. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing I want to see is an adjustment. And we saw that in this game is the adjustments. Okay, that's not working, but this is working. Being able to scheme this player out or scheme this player in, being able to target this player, being able to run an offense this way. I think mean, that's the next step for this coaching staff. We keep talking about, you know, you and I and all of all of the people in the media or fans. We keep talking about the progression for the offensive side of the ball for Justin. We also need to see it for this coaching staff, for this new offensive head coach, for this new offensive coordinator, for this new head coach, this defensive coordinator. Can you make adjustments in the middle of this game? Can you not be stubborn enough to get away from what you believe and be able to put your guys in the best place to win? And I think we're seeing that little by little. I think next week is going to be the big test because we know more than anything, Aaron Rodgers is going to frustrate you and make you make adjustments. Well, do you think Luke Getzey might have some secrets? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Even even in the game in, at Soldier Field last year, they only lost 24-14, so maybe the Getsy factor will pick up those 10 points or two touchdowns from last year's games now that he's on our side. So, you know, I mean, there could be a factor. He may know some 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 tricks and things that, uh, that, that might help us. You know, why not? <laughs> I mean, hey, look at Luke Getsy is not playing for play play. He's playing for head coaching money because yeah. if he makes a Bears offense dangerous, if he helps 
put Justin Fields in the track to being a top 10 quarterback in this league, he will be the head coach of mm-hmm. somebody very, very soon. And I think that's also the motivation for this team. There's a lot of people on this Bears team that are looking mm-hmm. to prove and elevate themselves. And I think if that ends up being a case, that might be something that we got to monitor all season is how good both sides of the coaching staff is getting and how they're implementing this that could be sustainable success moving forward. And I want to see how that goes. Marvelous. We can do this all day, baby. Football is back. Before I let you go, there's a huge one against San Francisco and a reigning Chicago. We are waiting for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers open Lambeau Field for week two. But before we get to all that, let's finish up week one. Anything kind of pop into mind for you? Anything crazy besides Joe Burrow throwing four <laughs> interceptions and a fumble? I mean, Atlanta, New Orleans is a crazy game. Washington is with Carson Wentz. I mean, so much craziness in the NFL. Anything pop up to you in the afternoon slate? Well, I mean, there's some late games that I'm, I'm looking at, too, that, that, are, that are going on while we're speaking right now. But, I mean, I actually think there's a couple interesting games coming up. I mean, to, the Monday night game, Broncos and Seahawks should be interesting because of Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle right away. And the, and, and the Sunday night game is 45-year-old Tom Brady. So I'm looking at those, you know, in terms of what's coming up. But in terms of what's happened already, I mean, it was, I mean, Washington beat Jacksonville. Maybe, maybe that's for the first draft pick. <laughs> I, I'm just – I'm also looking at some of the teams the Bears are going to be playing down the road. The Jets lost. The Falcons lost. You know, the, the Texans are in overtime. We play them. You know, there are a number of teams that the Patriots are going to lost to the Dolphins. So, I mean, some of these teams that I thought they might lose to might not be as strong as I thought. So that's another thing that I'm looking at when I look down their schedule, the future opponents, because like I say, some of them, uh, the Browns beat the Panthers. That kind of surprised me too. But uh, other than that, uh, uh, things went according to form. And so these late games, there's some really intriguing ones coming up. And as we speak, you're going to have Tom Brady, uh, um, Who's going to play till he's fifty, maybe? Uh, <laughs> For the Miami Dolphins. No, unless I don't know, unless 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 he has to go home. Well, I mean, hey, if Giselle says come home, you come home, okay? Right. That's exactly. the rule. <laughs> but with that, marvelous, I'm glad you brought up one thing too, right? Uh, and this is kind of drive home the point to yeah. end this uh, post game show is the yeah. reason why we were very bullish on six, seven, eight wins for the Bears is if they were able to just play competent, mediocre, professional football. Their schedule allowed them to win a lot of games. And this was one of those games where even though I picked them and you might have picked them, Mm -hmm. this was one of the games they were supposed to lose. So now you got one in your back pocket. Steal Mm -hmm. one from Green Bay, and you're playing with house money for the first first quarter of this season. So I think for Bears fans, there's a lot of adjustments to be made. There's a lot of things they can work on. But you ended up with a W in a horrible game against a team you weren't supposed to beat. And the guy you needed to look good, look good when it mattered the most. Marvelous. Any final thoughts on a Bears victory Sunday? Yeah, well, let's let's bask in the glory. I mean, I, I was saying all along that maybe six wins, but if they do well in the division against Minnesota and Detroit, and 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 they and they're going to play in the two games they play in the Meadowlands, yeah. which is going to be their second their second home away from home. They have two uh-huh. games there this year. Those are, those, <laughs> if, they, if they can sweep those, or, then they'll then they'll actually be in the playoff hunt. So that I mean, the games that they're going to win, they should win. This was one that was marginal. So let's uh, let's you know let's bask in the glory and uh, and just take one game at a time, like they said. <laughs> and uh, before we head out, we wanted to speaking in New York. Shout out to all the Jets fans 
who sung along during the national anthem, obviously, as we're recording this, September 11th, 2022, what happened in September 11th, 2001, we'll never forget. And luckily, we are able to, we are privileged enough to enjoy a Sunday football, and we are honored, and we love each and every one of you who makes Mm -hmm. us a part of your Sunday here on the sports cubicle but with that friends bear down as the as the great mike ditka says go bears enjoy <laughs> this victory sunday we will have so much more to talk about on the sports cubicle we won't be doing a bears post game next week because the bears will be playing on sunday night football but we will be breaking down all the afternoon games and leading into that game some interviews and a bunch of fun stuff for you on the next edition of the sports cubicle so we have you covered there but until then make sure you take care of yourself and take care of each other adjust those fantasy lineups make sure you check off the right things on your daily fantasy and enjoy the nfl red zone and all the rest of this game for the marvelous one dan marver for devin single for paul shivari I'm Mike Mercado. Enjoy the rest of your NFL Sunday.